0: Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Ready Set Home Podcast, your premier podcast to do with everything with the Verona Define and the Vancouver Titans. I'm Chris at Lightforce. The voice coming to you from, I don't know, what is it? The 20th heat wave of the summer for us in Vancouver. Joined virtually, as always, by Omni at OmniStrike. Welcome, Omni.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm just about done with these waves, whether it's COVID waves, whether it's heat waves. Can we get, like, some nice weather, no pandemic wave for, for just a second? Yeah.
0: The, yeah. It, it's it's an interesting time, to say the least. I mean, for us yeah. here... In, in, in Vancouver, obviously, we're dealing with a, another heat wave, which is our new reality. Like I was reading this um, article that was talking about how the current heat wave we're going through is considered a once-in-a-decade event. Mm-hmm. The thing about it is we've had these once-in-a-decade events, something like seven times in the last decade, mm-hmm. but then if you actually count the number of events we've had in a particular summer, it's something like 13 over the last 10 years.
1: yeah it's 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 not great and like to think about all the damage and and you know uh forest loss that we get mm-hmm. resulting from that it makes it even sadder yeah and you know, the wildfire
0: situation is, is definitely uh uh a tough I mean, and again i don't know how many of our listeners are are sort of from the pacific northwest where i mean wildfire season is a thing i mean it has is, it is yeah. always been a thing it's just becoming uh, tougher and tougher because of the, the hot temperatures, the tender dry, um, essentially, you know, uh, forest. Uh, and and not just forest. I mean, the wildfires, they light up everything. Grassland, um, you know, forest, forest uh, the community of Lytton completely wiped off the map simply because the fire went through. Like, it's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then on top of this, obviously, we're still living in the world of a pandemic and, uh, the numbers aren't going the direction as to which I think most would like to see them go.
1: Yeah, that's right. And back to business, uh, even in the Overwatch League, we have a, a bunch of, uh, fires burning in mm. dumpsters it seems, but yeah, I mean,
0: that, it's <laughs> that time of season, right? Uh, lots uh. of, lots of things on fire, lots of heat. Um, but, uh, that's why everyone tunes in each and every week. Uh, for those of you who were trying to figure out what was going on last week, why was there no episode? Um, or why did the episode arrive on like Thursday or Friday? I happened to find this little checkbox that says Mark is private when I uploaded the episode and somehow I marked that box. So <laughs> uh, it was for all the, the VIPs here at our. Yeah.
1: You just wanted the episode to be for you and me and that's it. Well, and that's, that's essentially the only
0: two people I could listen to <laughs> until such time as I, uh, unchecked that box. So I apologize. That's, that's completely on me. I feel much shame. Uh, but, uh, no, this week we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the Overwatch League. Obviously only alluded to it. There is still a fire burning, but not only that, if we actually talk about the two teams we have come to follow, uh, arguably they both had really successful weekends, yeah, one maybe a little more successful, but if you think of where the bar is set, yeah. um, arguably they both did very well. So we'll get into what uh, that's all about. Obviously, we're getting into the final weekend of regular season action, which spoiler alert might be it for one team. Um, but uh, yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's start pushing this payload.
1: Moving to payload. Join
0: me. Yeah. So, uh, Activision Blizzard is uh, still obviously dealing with a, a fire that they themselves have set and it, it's not looking at all good. Uh, now that, uh, more and more people have started sort of looking at the situation, looking into the situation, talking to, to former employees, current employees, a lot of, a lot of information as to the really rotten culture within the organization are coming to light. Um, making matters worse, and and we sort of got into this in the last episode. We were sort of saying like, well, Blizzard had this this issue. It wasn't necessarily an Activision problem, um, and that is still the case. I was reading an article from um, is it Paul Schreier? I think it was. Um, but the point is that many of the people, and some of which uh, women, were saying that yes, the culture has been problematic, but Blizzard had some really cool things that sort of made up for it. Not to suggest that that made everything okay. Um, but when Activision came in, uh, the culture changed except the bad stuff stayed, which I, I wasn't entirely sure how to read into that. Um, like there was good sides to misogyny and sexual harassment, sexual assault, like, <sighs> yeah, but I mean, you think,
1: well, oh, go ahead. I mean, maybe maybe there are some particular teams that didn't really see any of that, and then a company of the magnitude of Blizzard, where it has like studios sprinkled across the North America's and probably other places abroad. A lot of them were hurt just by being guilty by association, right? By having this umbrella, a Blizzard above them, and and maybe some particular, uh, maybe teams didn't get affected by it and and were pleasant enough places to work at but as you know the fish rots and stings from the head but but uh, when you're that big maybe some people weren't as affected by it not not to say that this makes it any better right uh and and we see this in in how and we're going to talk about it a little bit more how the overwatch league is affected by it which it was never directly implied that like uh, uh it was an Overwatch league type of problem and where we saw a lot of the um, teams and, and uh, even the commissioner kind of uh, step up in supporting the employees who walked out and whatnot. But still it is a blizzard Activision product It's still where the money uh, flows mm-hmm. from. And essentially the leaders of whichever team or, 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 or um, in the Overwatch League itself, answer to the bosses of Blizzard.
0: Yeah, and I said Paul Schreier, Sorry, it's Jason Schreier. He work, He's yeah. a writer for Bloomberg. Um, he's yeah. actually got a couple of phenomenal books about the the gaming, the video game industry. Yeah, he was you, uh, for
1: uh, a remember. long time in the editor of Kotaku, I think.
0: But I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, sort of the point that I was raising, I actually brought up the the article here, is that um, you know many women they had spoken to had actually said that they had loved many aspects of Blizzard. Um, but what had happened is Activision had become sort of more ingrained within to the organization. Um, a lot of what they did, did not eliminate the sexist culture, but the added oversight exacerbated the problems. Um, and that was done through the, the pushing of unrealistic deadlines, doing more with less, um, stress over time, what have you. And, and what ultimately started to occur is you've got a, an environment that already has a lot of problems and a lot of what was. Perceived as good again, not necessarily discounting those problems, was erased. So, and then all you had is is problems. <laughs> I mean, no way to lo- to look at it any differently. But uh, that said, um, Activision Blizzard uh, did have obviously their their public uh, release, their quarterly update to their investors, and I took a look at the uh, share price. It's starting to improve. I would not right say it's going to rally if we look at the. The actual share price since uh, I think it was July 21 when this news broke, yeah. um, it's down. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think what's important to understand is that we have seen most action taken by Activision Blizzard when their share price is punished.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's when I think we as a community need to do a better job at ensuring the investment community understands that this culture will not be tolerated. The moment we as a community use that in you know investment community is the vehicle for change you'll see you know definitive action
1: yeah sure. and 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 uh, it seems like from reports that the shareholders they call for you know more uh, response from Blizzard and what they have been doing so far is not enough and it's not just like the stock and uh, maybe the stock is delayed but we also see that they lost so much more of of you know their their monthly users active users not just in Overwatch but in, across the board with their games and and some of that will also have to do with you know how they conduct themselves as a company regardless of of whatever's happened to the product whether it's World of Warcraft or Overwatch or or I don't know Diablo so they're they're not in a good spot right now as mm-hmm. they and that's a good thing yeah
0: the um part that's somewhat and i maybe surprise isn't the right word, but the, that intrigues me is how call of duty and the call of duty league has been relatively insulated from what it, we're seeing. And this might be the, it, I mean, again, maybe it's specific to blizzard of the Activision blizzard relationship. I I don't know. Um, but ATVI as a share is being hit for a variety of different reasons. Uh, despite, a strong quarter. And if you look at the results, uh, Call of Duty is making bank. Like it's doing very well. It's hitting its KPIs. And, and, and ultimately, maybe it's what's going. The, the company right now. But, uh, I mean, changes have started to occur. Uh, one of those changes uh, was with Frances Townsend. I mean, we've talked about her before. Uh, she's the one who uh, on Twitter came out and was retweeting articles about why whistle the whistleballer culture is problematic. Uh, she's also the one who has said as a woman that she has never seen anything of the sort and would never have joined a company with such issues. She was the head of the, uh, the, the women's network, uh, within the organization, mm-hmm. or shall I say the former head of the, uh, Activision Blizzard Women's Network. She has stepped down because the essentially employee base had zero trust in her as a leader of a group that she obviously either was not understanding or not in tune with. Yeah. And having already gone and blocked employees on Twitter and gone and dug herself a hole on Twitter has deleted her Twitter account or at least turned it off. She does not exist on Twitter any longer.
1: Yeah. That, that screams, um, what that situation was.
0: Yeah. It's, I'm actually surprised that, uh, based on everything that has been occurring, that she has not found a, a J. Allen Brack exit. Granted J Allen Brack was obviously more connected to what's going on with blizzard but frances townsend has done herself absolutely no favors she could have been actually a very reasonable voice but unfortunately
1: she chose violence (laughs) yeah you never uh start fighting uh people on twitter that's that's the wrong way to go about things especially when you're like you know leaving a a position in the circumstances like she just uh, uh went through yeah
0: i mean but like i mean look at the position she's in Um, I, I am a proud supporter of women in the gaming industry and everything that's being said here is untrue. Yeah. I'm sorry. Bad take. And then having been told that starts to double down and then triple down. I mean, this is, this is the, the proverbial gambler hitting the table and gambling away the house.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Um, but what does this all mean? Um, well, the overwatch league. And I sort of alluded to this earlier when I was talking about Call of Duty and Call of Duty League is somewhat insulated. Well, the Overwatch league, not so much. Uh, Last week, we had talked about how there was the possibility that some sponsors would be stepping back. Since that episode, sponsors have stepped back. As of this recording, and I have to actually say that, as of this recording, the league currently has three advertised sponsors, one of which has already declared that they are reassessing the relationship. They were actually one of the ones we had spoken about on our last show. So the three remaining sponsors for the watch league at this point in time are Xfinity Coca-Cola, who is reassessing the relationship and TeamSpeak. Now there's some thought that uh, Kodak being on the board of government or board of directors for Coca-Cola is really the reason why that hasn't dropped but you're a league who functionally probably needs the cash from your sponsors to operate. And you've got very few left. And I, I honestly, I don't know of a situation where any, any professional league has seen such significant departure during a season of sponsors. Like it's one thing to suggest that maybe that's just a, a result of me. You know, what we're seeing with Activision Blizzard, it could be based on performance metrics. It could be just that this is when the contracts were all coming up and these are, you know, logos that chose not to renew. I mean, we don't know any of that, but yeah. it's not a good look.
1: Uh, it's not just another look, but, you know, I've always been optimistic about OWL's resilience and sustainability. I was always hailing, like, every, whenever everybody said, like, oh, there's no way we're going to get season three. Oh there's no way we're going to get a season 4 but I think this must be might be it because Oh yeah. The League already was struggling a lot with you know decreased viewership, no updates fatigue, you know, COVID-19, uh, other rising esports competitors just just you know plucked up talent whether it was from players or 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 you know the casting broadcasting talent and it wasn't looking good but nothing nothing hit them quite hard like this i'm sure like you said like it's not just the uh sheer amount but like the uh how how they all came together and just left and it's not a good look and when you're an investor and you have like a franchising model that's the worst thing that could happen mm-hmm. right and and i think even we, if we even we were considering calling it quits before right in the previous week we have spoken about how maybe this is it for us as a podcast, but it looks like a lot of the sponsors don't want to be associated with this product that is, like I said before, is inadvertently uh, connected to Blizzard Activision, regardless of what was going on in the Overwatch League uh, in itself. And, and with the big money out and the PR impact and the constant like uncertainty of whatever happens with Overwatch 2, uh, I think that even got affected somewhat yeah. I don't know if it'll even pull through enough for uh, season five. In fact, I think like we probably won't get a season five. If it does survive, however, I think Overwatch League might as well survive a nuclear apocalypse because <laughs> this is as close as it can get to one. The, you
0: know, and I. It's funny you bring up sort of the the possibility of another season. Um, I would suggest you were of the two of us the more optimistic, but I believe there would be one more. My belief Mm -hmm. was, was that a post pandemic season is that sort of bellwether. Like we, we need to try it because it could be it. And if it doesn't turn out, then that's it. We'll we'll call spade a spade, but the league needs money. Now, where does it get the money from? It could get the money from Activision Blizzard, like ATVI could inject money into the, the league. And then maybe they do that right now, but the loss of the sponsors is a hole that then needs to be made up you replace it with other sponsors. Well, are you going to get the same value from your operation that you were previously getting from these other logos? Now, if these logos are leaving, they're not, I'm not naive to think they're all leaving on moral grounds. So they're there. They might suggest that that's the reason, but it's very well, the possibility that it's just a pure business decision. We're not seeing the, the numbers that we had intended to see in a period of time to which we were planning to invest. Yeah. But, the, uh, another option is teams investing in themselves. How many of the Overwatch League franchises right now are willing to go and invest that money? Maybe there are a number. I mean, there are some who are, they're all in on this this model. They, they may need to for their own survival, but then there are others. And I, you know, I would argue that some of the deeper pockets may be the least likely to invest. I mean, I look at Connect Sports Entertainment and the Aquilini family is well, they mm. possess some significantly deep pockets. I mean, we, we look at uh, uh, Boston. I mean, their owner has significantly deep pockets. Like there are some deep
1: pockets. Philadelphia.
0: Oh, Philadelphia with Comcast. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. you know, we we have to consider that for them, they could probably afford to put in more, but are they willing yeah. to do that? Because they don't have they don't have these big pockets full of cash because they were willing to simply throw good money after bad. Yeah, And I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I am not an owner. (laughs) Well, actually I am. I have shares in the enthusiastic gaming and overactive media. So, (laughs) Hey, maybe I am an owner, but the point is I'm not talking about throwing in thousands or millions, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe the league is somehow magically making money. I I'd be surprised if that was the case. Um,
1: Still you know we living off uh, fanatics uh, profits
0: well yeah exactly but like <laughs> we we do have sort of some insight as to like enthusiast gaming and and how much they're making which is nothing <laughs> like they're operating at a loss um now that overactive media is a publicly traded company we'll get more insight as to how they're performing but we have to also understand like enthusiast gaming and overactive media um they have um multiple holdings within an umbrella. And so one of them might be an overwatch league franchise, but then there are other things that play. And so, you know, when we start looking at the the books, we sort of have to, to ascertain, you know, where, where is this money being sort of thrown around and what's the, uh, the appetite to, to further invest. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Anyhow, um, you know what, this is, again, it's going to be a topic we're going to continue to talk about. And I understand that for many of you, you'd be like, ah, oh, just talk about the Titans and Defiant. And I'm so sorry. As long as this remains an issue, until such time as we see genuine action and genuine change, this will be a, a top topic for us to hit on oh, yeah. each
1: and every episode. We always discuss uh, anything that is, you know, happening in in the league, not just like the games themselves. So it's nothing new. I don't know why would people yeah. be surprised at this point. But the uh, Defiant
0: and the Titans themselves, uh, they were in action this past weekend. And uh, as we let off, arguably had a successful weekend. So let's actually recap the the four matches. Uh, Kicking things off this weekend was the Toronto Defiant and the London Spitfire. And as we had sort of explained, the London Spitfire were playing for their quote-unquote lives. They needed to win. A loss to Toronto would create a situation where they would be eliminated, as would the Vancouver Titans. What's interesting is that based on what casters were saying the titans weren't necessarily eliminated by this loss although i could not conceive how that would even be possible based on the tiebreaking formula but then the overwatch league rules aren't the most clear
1: uh, or clearly defined uh, set of rules out there just give let computers figure it out yeah
0: <laughs> but uh, toronto defiant london spitfire face off and uh, one spitfire They looked a whole lot better than I think people had expected them to look. Yes. And, you know, we we start things off on on Ilios. The London Spitfire (laughs) win the first round. And Toronto, if I were to go and and, and sort of explain this in one word, looked unsettled.
1: Yeah, it didn't look good. Um, There was a lot of weird uh, places there. Uh, especially like in in Lightha- lighthouse when nice got off the the um, tracer to play Farrah, it didn't really look good. Like Blase was on the soldier, and then he played really well compared, to, <laughs> especially compared to what we saw from his McCree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it didn't really look uh, that well. Uh, they just London played pretty well, but like Toronto at the end of the day, kind of like felt. They were the better team in a way. Like Hisu EMP were pretty good, despite the maps that they uh, lost. Or yeah, I agree with you. That, that was probably like a good start for them, and maybe that's what gave them, uh, you know, the the confidence going into Rialto.
0: Well, and that, like so for me, like Toronto, we we were talking as if they lost the Leos. They didn't.
1: Yeah, they first still around. Live
0: through. You know, Toronto looked unsettled, and where's London? Almost sort of, yeah. Hey, we lost this map, um, but you know we were able to go and sort of hold our own. Um, nothing earth shattering. Um, again, yeah. it's the Lennon Spitfire we're talking
1: about. It was competitive.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, but what did we see out of the Define? Well, We saw a nice return to the lineup. Uh, Aspire, who had been essentially locked in as a starting DPS, uh, did not start, uh, and and nice came in and he, he quitted himself well, but for some reason, uh, going into Rialto, and maybe this has to do with the meta that they had chosen to play, uh, Toronto decided to make a switch. Spire coming in for
1: nice. lock the legs.
0: And, um,
1: it didn't go so well, huh? Yeah, it was, it felt like it was winnable because usually when you hold off, uh, they held off the the card before the bridge and first and, checkpoint. Yeah, yeah, it always feels good. But I think I think that, that's one of the maps that it it sometimes happens that like you feel too reassured of your your previous like defense
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and despite like uh hisu being still on the Sombra and 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 toronto holding off most attacks pretty comfortably like something about uh the, their uh attack round. You know, the Sombra tracer that the Spitfire had, they were such a hassle, like, uh, to deal with. And and when those hacks, you know, when they landed on Hadi, it seemed like, yeah, well, here's, here's Toronto's uh, way to win. There, that's their win condition. Mm-hmm. Just hack the ball and you win the fights. But what they failed to see, and especially that really happens a lot during uh, the first point. When you're trying to get the first point, the time runs out really, really quick. And then there was a point where uh, Ansu Ansuje's brig um, got killed, and then there was a trance that was wasted by Lastro when he was trying to, to save her. And it suddenly looked like, hey, we don't have any 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 more time. We wasted our uh, trance, and London we were able to hold. So that first uh, take is very crucial, not just because it's the first checkpoint. Clearly, it's true, but the problem is that you never have enough time to really get it the time flies really quickly there and I feel like Toronto uh gave it away not to disrespect uh, London I did I do think they played well this map but I feel like Toronto lost this more than uh London won this oh well,
0: they totally did like you think about their defense they held like right. they hard held London and maybe it was this confidence of oh we're playing a Spitfire or again it and it's something I actually noticed over the course of it. Like, I'll use uh, last show's example. Um, he had some trances scared out of him, right? Like inopportune times to pop that alt. I, I'm not entirely sure what happened to the aspire we had seen weeks earlier. Not sort of the same top-tier DPS we were seeing in, in this map. Like you're right. I think Toronto did more to sort of lose or put themselves in a position where suddenly London had winning conditions that Toronto just could not overcome. But the scary part about this London wins Rialto and they suddenly look like London from maybe a season or two ago. It's amazing how uh confidence can be a heck of a drug.
1: Yeah, probably did he get his uh, contract before this game or after maybe, maybe it was the high after, you know, signing with the team.
0: Well, oh yeah, in the, tr- in the traditional sports world, big contracts always yeah. result in drop-off in play. But uh, going into Anubis, I, okay, I, and I mean, we'll get to this point, but London had so much time in their time bank, I had accepted that, oh my goodness, the Spitfire going to win this, and it's going to ruin the possibility of the bread bowl. <laughs> yeah, I like, know. I, and I, I mean, I, my focus here, because Toronto just couldn't, couldn't do anything right on, on defense. London just ran on in on, on their attack. And, and arguably London did what Toronto had done on the map previous. At one point, I think they had what, five alts to Toronto's one. I think Toronto had a, I think they had a trance maybe, but, or it might've been a rally. Like, I can't remember, but uh, Sato goes like, Full on Q on second point.
1: Oh yeah. Gets yeah. Slept
0: only to then have, I don't know who it was. Give him a little poke to wake him up. So he then goes and murders the back line and the spitfire are popping alts. Like they're going to w- try to save this fight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sato really played well on this. Anubis it was map uh, like almost every fight he got, like at least one defender or two people. Mm-hmm he was playing really well and it did seem like they were trying to focus him down with an emp or or like a direct manual hack or the sleep it felt like sado of old when he was you know touted as one of the better best winstons in the game he he got really he, he was carrying like yeah. shocks was probably hating him so much he was not enjoying uh, this game of overwatch
0: no and and, you know, and i think you know we're failing to mention that hisu uh, was holding his own in the battle of, Asombros, like he, yeah. I and mean, he got critical hacks. He harassed, like you would, you would see London set up and his harassment would require them to do a quick reset, but that allowed the defiant with the quick turnaround to be able to go in and recover. And again, it's not to suggest that Toronto had this one wrapped up. They didn't. Um, but, uh, but they were able to go and and recover from what was going to be, what looked to be a two checkpoint with a big bank to hold the spitfire, you know, to only that 64% because Toronto on, 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 on their attack obviously did not get the two.
1: Yeah. They, they get like, they got like Mm 78.9% and, and they didn't opt for that weird. They started this map on, on attack. I mean, with the double bubble that we didn't see, in this stage almost at all, I think. Uh, yeah. But then they went back to like that regular far and Sombra composition. And and dis- at the start it didn't look good. Like Aztak if eh, fell to Blase and He fell to Shax. uh But there was a like a weird point there where they nanoed the Brig. Just to uh, to keep him alive, I guess. But they did get uh, get cap one, uh, cap point point eight. Uh and the defined, they have some like they did defend point 2 pretty well but they did um waste a lot of the resources in point 1 but again mm-hmm. sato went into primal mode and then he killed two defenders and there was a good emp from hisu and and you said uh and i think it needs to be stated that hisu is is a really good sombra it looked uh, apparent like he outclassed um you know the sombra on on london and then the second well.
0: Oh man, that's justice.
1: Second game against justice. uh,
0: Like Assassin as a Sombra,
1: though. Uh, That was a lot of Hureg flashbacks for me when (laughs) Hureg came in to play the Sombra. But yeah, there's (laughs) Locate. Q. (laughs) And uh, two picks for each team on that second push. And Hadi actually got Sato, but Hisu got one, and Shax got two. And it was a very close and scrappy fight. And I feel like that's the difference between like a team uh, and a better team and the team that's not as good is when you have those scrappy fights, when everything like all the plans are thrown out of the window, the better team kind of wins because of talent. And then that's kind of what I felt uh, we saw here in, in, uh, yeah. in Anubis.
0: But uh, Toronto, Toronto stabilizes. They now are up two to one and that brings us into Nambani. Yeah. And, London still had confidence, I think, that they were playing with, but Toronto had decided they were going to close this one Yeah, they were done. And, you know, at no point in time did it look like the London Spitfire were going to hold the Defiant. The Defiant were able to push. Uh, the Defiant were able to go in and, and build up the bank. And unfortunately, when roles were reversed, again, we saw that, you know, not that the Toronto defiant were winning every team fight, but they were ensuring that every team fight was so hard fought that London was essentially running from the trenches each and every time.
1: Yeah. I think this last map in Numbani was definitely, it felt the least competitive. I think maybe, um, the confidence on Toronto side was way up and, and the exact opposite happened, uh, to London.
0: Well, and I I think, you know, again, I feel like Toronto was like, we're going to close this out. Let's not even risk yeah. the possibility that we're going to a map five with the Spitfire. Um, but, uh, you know, it, again, Hisu, top tier gameplay, Sato, looked like Sato of right. old uh, Last year on OnsunJay, I, I feel had uh, some great synergy uh, from the back mm-hmm. line. You know, it really the Toronto Defiant looked like a, a well-put-together machine, which is... Kind of nice considering where we are in the course of the season. You kind of want to have everything ready to go, Sure. getting yourself into into that sort of playoff push. Agreed. Yeah, but uh, that meant uh, the London Spitfire, having lost three one, were officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, they did still possess a chance, albeit a slim one. To find themselves a, a seat to Hawaii. Uh, but uh, this also meant, based on our calculations, the Vancouver Titans were eliminated. Now, whether or not that that was true, the Vancouver Titans played the match following this one. Mm-hmm. And they too, much like London, knew they needed to go and win to keep any possibility of a success to yeah. uh, within the season uh, in, in front of them. Now, they are playing a Boston Uprising. Boston Uprising aren't the same Boston Uprising, or at least we thought from seasons past yeah i've been high on the uprising i thought they were starting to bring things together but boy oh boy did the uprising <laughs> not look good
1: yeah i mean going into this game kind of like uh for london going up a better team uh boston were seven and seven going into this match uh compared to what the titans are like zero it's 15 or 16 or something like that I'm not sure and most of their wins came in the second part of the season. So they are all on the, uh, you know, on their the rising, uh, no pun intended. And it definitely, like, the Titans are the underdogs. And when the game started, like, when Busan, uh, they came out with Tracer and Soldier, so no Taru. And the first <laughs> map in Shrine, it looked like pretty much what we were all expecting, like, Boston... Had
0: well, Changsik on ball look lost.
1: Yeah, Valentine and I'm thirty seven. They they just make quick work out of our tanks. Uh, Zen and Brig uh, at the start didn't look like uh, the right combination of healers because there's just wasn't enough healing to keep up with, with the damage that came from from Boston and EMP. Then came from I'm thirty seven enough to like this despite rule. Ralph had his uh, a transit. It wasn't enough. Mm. And then there was a, like a 2k bomb there at the end and Boston were up um, you know there was a it was dominant 100. 1-0 it was, yeah
0: 100 to 0 like it, the, the titans did not even pressure that
1: drum right but then in mecca base uh <laughs> the, that's where things started going the other way and that this is where the dalton show uh kind of began he he got i'm 37 really quick and then he killed valentine too and mm-hmm. and then uh, when the, he got rid of of uh, you know, the DPS, then Lingzer kind of woke up and they got the tanks. And then Boston made this weird adjustment. They went Orb Hanzo. And even that didn't work. Like Vancouver still win the fights pretty well. And Dalton and Lingzer capitalized on their early ults because, you know, they won the first fight and now they got their ults. And both Dalton got the stick and, and, and Lingzer got the picks from his uh, visor. And there was also a good transcendence from Rolf to counter that uh, M-, M matrix from, from Boston. And I think it's a good uh, point to emphasize how well Rolf played, uh, especially on the Zen. Uh. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I, we said this before Rolf on Zen yeah. is like a comfort pick for him. Mm-hmm. He looks like, you know, of all the heroes that he plays, we see a lot more Anna out of him, but as Zen, yeah, that's his wheelhouse. Um, and when he's, when he plays with that freedom or flexibility, he does so much better and arguably is able to go and keep the likes of a chance sick and, 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 yeah. and fried up like, I mean, change sick, having looked completely lost on, on the first round found his game. It Apparently it fun. was under the table or something like that. Yeah. Cause.
1: Even when he went uh play to play Orissa a little bit at the end he had this like good pull and diva bomb combo to to win hmm. the map so they were all like clicking right they were popping yeah. off especially like Dalton who's just just cleaning everyone like every bomb he threw seemed like it stick it stuck to you know a Boston player and then comes City Center you're thinking like okay it's one one i was already happy like oh oh my god <laughs> at least we got on on you know on the scoreboard, which was uh, pretty nice. But then City Center happened. And, and then you see Changsik uh, goes back to the bowl and he gets that pick on the Sombra. And then uh, their Diva and Arissa is really a terrible um, comp. I, I mean, Boston's comp on the Diva and Arissa is way too slow against, you know, the, well, the bowl-Diva combo.
0: Well, this is... So we will talk more about as we get into Havana and Hanamura. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm getting as upset as you are right now, uh, with how the Boston uprising performed, but they chose slow. They chose slow.
1: And then Johnson to quickly flattened uh, two, two people.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Like it, it was, it was like, I look at how the uprising had been playing prior to. Essentially the countdown cup, they hadn't been playing slow. They'd actually been playing aggressive. Mm-hmm. And for some reason. They decided to play slow against the Titans. And if there's one thing that we have said all season long, yeah. the Titans can't deal with fast, but if they're given the opportunity to play fast yeah. and aggressive, they can actually hold their own. And so the, it's like the uprising were like, Hey, Vancouver, we want to get you some breadsticks. So yeah. let's go about doing that. And then suddenly they realized like, Holy smokes. They might be giving them more than breadsticks.
1: Yeah, they played like Vancouver plays in their bad matches. And it's not yeah. only like your composition, it's how aggressive or, you know, uh proactive you are, and they were the complete opposite of it. While Vancouver were like out for blood in every right. like fight.
0: Yeah, well in City Center alone. City Center was breadstick territory. Pile drive kills right. and double pulse. Yeah, double and pulse,
1: exactly. Like,
0: you know, Everyone's getting those mythical breadsticks. It's actually cake. Did you know that the breadsticks are cake? I didn't know they
1: were cake. Aren't they like savory?
0: Well, I don't know because I've been told the cake is a lie. And if breadsticks oh, equal cake.
1: Okay. I, I see your reference Okay, now.
0: I, I, what, I'm, what I'm being kind of facetious about. <laughs> the code get bread has not worked with pizza hut.ca. Really? Uh, apparently. So apparently the moment, I mean, this is what the Vancouver Titans are saying. Or at least their staff in their discord is that so many people converged onto the Pizza Hut website, it crashed their back end. Now, it, okay, you know what? Let's say that that is true. So Why it seemed like you, all of their you, other promos work? Why can you still place <laughs> orders? I kind of think there's more to this story than it crashed the back end. I kind of feel that you have a sponsor that may not have been ready to pull the trigger or alternatively <laughs> an activation that may not have been Completely fleshed out.
1: You got the short end of the breadstick.
0: Well, no one got any (laughs) breadstick, short end or otherwise. (gasps) Hmm. There are no breadsticks to be had at this point, at least free ones. Uh, And this is the other thing. is like, there's people like in the U S trying to order them. You got people across Canada trying to order them. It's not actually clear as to whether or not all pizza hut locations will honor the code because no one knows. Like there's no one can say I got them because get bread, which is the code. Still, as it with this recording, does not work. Yeah.
1: That was also one of the matches that I did uh, bother to turn on the chat and, and seeing all the the oh, spamming gosh. of the breadsticks was, was amazing. Everybody, yeah. Everyone just riled up and, you know. Is there, bread.
0: has there been in the Overwatch League a better team promotion than breadsticks?
1: <laughs> Probably not. That's like. They- you know, it's almost, it
0: is a meme territory. That's the, I get that. It's the
1: legacy of, of the, this Vancouver Titans.
0: But Pizza Hut definitely is cashing in and getting their money's worth. In fact, it's gotten to the point now where no one's getting breadsticks, but breadsticks are still a thing. We'll talk more about that mm-hmm. when the Titans play the justice, but back to this match Titans win a map. Hey, we've seen this before. Yeah. yeah. In fact, we've seen them win the first control. So that's again, nothing to be too alarmed about. Yeah. Just we go to Havana
1: before that, though, I I think we need to mention that crazy um, play where Linkser hacks five of the MP and then the the uh, FRD Fried Wiener Diva Bomb kills three. Mm -hmm. That was a vintage uh, Titans play, Mm -hmm. very nice play.
0: Well, okay, Linkser as a Sombra,
1: very nice, pretty
0: solid. Yeah, yeah, I would not have thought you know, Linkser, the you know, Dinkser quality Linkser. Would be yeah, a Sombra. I agreed. But, but he is arguably, and I mean, we're going to talk about this, him and Dalton in sort of this combination doing extremely well together. And that sort of links her, or sorry, her, the, the Sombra-Tracer combination.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Havana, arguably a map that the Vancouver Titans don't do very mm-hmm. well
1: on. No. Is there a map that we do well? Uh, um, we do better.
0: We see the Vancouver uh, Titans guess do better so. on some than guess others. So. But see, Boston was like, yo, man, we gave you those breadsticks. We played slow. Guess what? We can play slower. Yeah, it went
1: Torben and, and soldier on defense too. Yeah.
0: Like it was the comp that the uprising were throwing out was weird. Like I actually at one point wondered, is this like the fusion thrown in Chipsa? Cause it's the Titans. Like, is that what the uprising are doing here? They're so confident in themselves. They're mm. using this as a scrim.
1: I don't think so. It's not like they don't need their wins. Right. No, they do need their wins. Like they're exactly. like right now they, they
0: actually in lost, trouble. they've lost the ability to control their own destiny. They're mm-hmm. relying on the Florida mayhem right now, <laughs> not doing too well. Yeah, Like that's where the uprising went from being a, a play-in contender to a possible play-in pretender. Yeah. And you know, arguably Havana was actually a better performance from them. Yeah. This started but- better. But the Vancouver Titans were able to go and slow things down once it went into the the refinery,
1: and they they got the
0: the hard hold
1: before the door. Ooh, and the refinery, like Dalton, played so so well. Even there was a point where we lost rule first to the Diva Bomb, and they still won the fight somehow because Dalton got well, those sticks.
0: Well, but that not only that, like when Boston was on attack, I mean, I think credit needs to be given to Changsik for right. not only harassing but really ultimately slowing the uprising down long enough to allow the Titans to recover. Yeah. Because you know, if Boston pushes that cart, we're we're, we're one, one at that point. But again, Changsik, he's really finding his way. It's a shame that he's still on ping. Um, but he, he has these moments, like it's kind of like Shredlock. Shredlock had these sort of moments of brightness and and Mm -hmm. greatness. And I think Changsik has very similar ones, but Changsik tends to be more, consistent in how they're applied. Yeah. Where things fall apart is when he is, that's again that first pick, I mean, whether it's his fault or not. Yeah. Uh and I feel that the meta as it exists right now with him as ball somewhat of his wheelhouse.
1: And I think like you you're right about especially on defense when when there was the last fight that won us the map. It was a point there where we had everything set up for the last uh, uh you know fight and Lingzer came out from his, you know, stealth mode to EMP, but he got like, uh, uh, pushed out. He was, I, I think he was shield bashed out of it and he <laughs> had to relocate. And at that point, there was like, normally the Titans would panic and back off, but they did the exact opposite. Like, <laughs> just went in and then I, I think Rolf also used his trans, a transcendence, just even the odds of not having, uh, Lingzer there. And, and just because they did that and, like caught Boston off guard despite having this uh, fight-winning play by bashing Lingzer. Uh, they gave Lingzer exactly those two seconds to allow him to come back and have a great five-man EMP, and then they just, like, won the fight. And uh, Dalton and Changsik exactly, they they got some picks, and it's 2-0. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and this takes us to Hanamura. Yeah, that was a and, rowdy one. You know... There was a moment when the Vancouver Titans tightened it, like. <laughs> so you know we get into it. The Vancouver Titans go on on attack, and they
1: uh, they sub in Taru to play the Farah.
0: Yeah, which, I mean, Taru on attack Farah, I felt wasn't as effective as Teru on defense Farah. Uh
1: then, I mean, probably right. But like this first attack was pretty good. Oh, it was good. No, yeah. but I, I don't feel like uh,
0: to me, Taru wasn't necessarily the difference here. Like the pharmacy we were seeing with Taru and Fire, um, but the Boston uprising again. What? What was it? They they tried slow mm-hmm. on Busan, didn't work. They tried slower on Havana, didn't work. So, what do you think they do on Hanamura? They
1: go even slower. Yeah,
0: and the t- Titans just waltz right on into the first point. Yeah. Um, Boston goes and makes some. Silly contests. Yeah. Um,
1: I like that which, every time that Titans went on attack. Uh, they had this uh, plan where Dalton, once they get the first point, Dalton goes to Hans, uh, plays Hanzo. And, and he yeah. he got really nice uh, picks there. Um,
0: And then the Titans go in. I mean, it wasn't as much as, is as, as an easy walk into. No. Uh, to get point two, but you're right. The Dalton, the Dalton. So. Yeah. Uh, that, that adjustment also, st- um, gave the uprising fits and it was almost like the, the uprising either one didn't expect it or two, once they saw it, didn't understand how to adapt.
1: Yeah. And then the Titans eventually got the point. They had four twenty five left on the clock.
0: Well, there were people at one point wanting to know if it was a record.
1: It was a fast, because, uh, yeah, fast capture. I don't know if it was a right? record, but it was really, really fast.
0: No, no, no. I don't think it was, but like the fact that this, is Okay. The fact that the Vancouver Titans current roster is in conversation for an attack record, mm-hmm. not a opposition attack record is, is phenomenal in its own right. So then we go into defense and what does the, uh, the Boston uprising choose to do? Well, they thought slow would be good. Yeah. And we're not talking about like the, the slow get to the point with a TP slow. They did try that eventually, <laughs> but the Vancouver Titans, arguably had this map won yeah without the uprising taking the first point
1: i think like yeah they had them figured out they had boston figured out everything that they threw at them didn't really work and from winning these fights uh using alt economy pretty well they were able to hold them off I think, though, once I'm 37 went on to the McCree, something that he needed to do way before that, mm-hmm. I feel that was the turning point where you was able to kill Dalton and then uh, Punk got to Rue, and yeah. they were able well, to I mean, get one.
0: And that was the thing. I think, like, you know, I am 37. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the, he's the one who took out Dalton. Yeah, the comfort But I feel he's thing. the one who, he also was able to give, essentially take the pharmacy out of the, yeah. Out of the picture. Yeah, yeah. Because True had to play much more...
1: Passive behind corners, that's right,
0: exactly. And so, you know, we saw Taru rocket buildings a few times uh, mm-hmm. to help fire up his uh, his alt economy, I guess. But still, the Titans had this one, one. And I don't know what happened when the uprising threw everything in but the kitchen sink to capture the first point in, in overtime, but it felt like the Titans threw.
1: Yeah, I think like they were discombobulated from the McCree and he caused issues for the power, obviously. And then the soldier caused this problem for the tracer.
0: Is a snowball. Yeah. Like the, I was going to say, like the uprising just walked into point two, whereas the Vancouver Titans kind of had to work for the second point. The uprising are like, yeah, we're going to take this one now. Thank you.
1: Because they did this brain fart maneuver where they... We're still fighting for point one when it was already captured it was already
0: captured I know and they wasted yeah.
1: like a barrage as well or, uh, did they use a nano I don't remember, but it was weird well no the,
0: yeah, but like even then like I want to say that the timer like the the quick respawn timer had probably elapsed at that point too
1: and sure and even if it didn't like yeah, let's give our enemies some old charge right that's a good idea yeah
0: anyhow um. This takes us into a, obviously, Vancouver Titans 2-2. And we've seen this from the Titans before on Hanamura. It goes like seven rounds because, you know, it's the Titans. The Titans, they can attack. When they are in their in their sort of zone, they can attack well on Hanamura. The problem is in the defense. And so we saw that uh, the Uprising, you know, and the Titans decided that they wanted to trade. Hmm. And sure enough, we, we see sort of... Uh, at one point, did the uprising, I think they, did Stan one come out as Ryan, uh, memory serves me, correct?
1: I think there was a point where, um, where FRD, like Fred Wiener came out as Ryan, but none Well, that was map. fried
0: Fred came, Fred came out as a Ryan on, against
1: the justice. Oh and yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I Route just, 66 here yeah. though. I don't remember.
0: I, I just want to, like, it was like the uprising. We saw the two teams scout each other. Like, and this was yeah. like. In in overtime, the Boston Uprising we wasted thirty seconds on a scout. Like you've you've got a minute, but you're gonna give half of it on a scout. Like that made no sense. The Titans did something similar, but they didn't go and make wholesale changes.
1: Yeah, I think I think Boston I should say maybe the, the not Boston, but Vancouver didn't really figure out how to deal with the McCree soldier combo. So when yeah. when they attacked they just got like point three and point four, but Luckily for us, when we had the time bank attack, Titans didn't like, didn't shy away from going aggro again. And they got like three good picks from, from, you know, the Taru and Rolf. They had great synergy there. I think there was like a good nade uh, there from uh, Rolf who went on the Ana this uh, time bank attack. And then on two, um, you know, Dalton's Hanzo was doing work. But Boston, they kind of had great stalling strategy. But we had the fight. Uh, We had the time bank. uh, uh, We had a bigger time bank so we could afford losing that first fight. And Titans still had almost two minutes in the bank. So what are they doing? Mm -hmm. At this point, I was really confused. But Changsik went on to the Orissa and Teru went on to the May. Well, at that point, like, why are you, you know, shying away from that strategy that worked for you so well before? Well, they pulled off this great play where uh, Shang-Sick pulls the enemy team. They were all on, you know, the the choke up top on, on the right-hand side for the attackers, and they pull them in, and they wall them off, and and Dalton's dragon...
0: Dalton's dragon
1: goes through. Dalton had dragons on cooldown. I don't even know how he, he how fast he got them, but it felt like in the last pushes, he had, like, three dragons within, like, a minute and a half.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, it's the comp that Boston was rolling out was conducive to build a dragon. Sure. Like cool sure. And then
1: right. there was another great wall from Teru. Um, well, Teru's may is, is he walled off yeah. Stan one's Arisa just to pick her off on, on the, on the ground, you know, on, on the yeah. point itself and Boston weren't able to, to stall Titans actually had two more seconds than, uh, uh Boston. well, and we have actually haven't referred to the fact
0: we saw Chang go full bumper.
1: <laughs> That's right right? Like he's, he's hiding
0: in, in the mega room just outside of first choke. And I think it was, was it faith or was it Meng Yong that came, came in? Um, I think it was Mung Bong that came in as in comes floating into the room. Chang six, like just sitting there as a ball and the doesn't even see. Yeah. Him. I, and I feel if Dalton doesn't come flying in to attract attention to the mega room, <laughs> I genuinely believe no one knows Chang six there. He still is able to escape, pop his alt, and get a couple of picks with his legs, but when like, I love teams that play with swagger like this yeah. and to see the Titans have confidence, I, I, they won 3-0. and I, the, like the look on their faces, like Changsik was like almost in tears. Um, <laughs> I, and I, from what I understand, um, he's, he's getting himself a dinner. <laughs> uh, going to be, uh, taking him out to meal That hasn't already happened, but I am so happy for these guys. They got their first win. Like we're hard on the organization, but these kids, they do put in yeah. the effort and they have finally been rewarded for it.
1: Uh, yeah, they deserve all the best and, and they played hard and I'm really happy for them. Like uh, Chang uh interview was really wholesome as well. Oh, with Danny, Danny his, forced
0: him to do an English and his, his English, English was, was so
1: good. Yeah, I was surprised.
0: <laughs> I mean, he could come on our show and do an interview. Definitely. Us, no yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah.
0: So here you have the Vancouver Titans winning a game. The Toronto Defiant won, which technically eliminated, but whatever, it doesn't
1: matter. Canada won Um, that day.
0: That's exactly. So that takes us into the Washington Justice weekend where both the Defiant and the Titans get to take them on. And considering how the Justice did against the Defiant. (sighs) Like the Defiant looked like they had a rougher game against the Spitfire than they did against the Justice. Like the, the Justice looked worse than like the Spitfire and Titan.
1: You know ever what? Have. I don't know if I agree uh with that. I do think that like the score is indicative of okay. Toronto being better than Washington. I'm not sure if it was harder to beat the Spitfire despite the 3-1. There's something about how Washington plays that works really poorly against a team like Toronto because Toronto
0: Well, cuz Assassin can't play
1: Sombra? Uh man assassin sombra he's like that i i don't even know i did mention Hurek before but but it's like it's even worse than that he's he sometimes has like a one-on-one versus a tracer or something like that and like oh i know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get a like uh an EMP. And it usually doesn't work. Yeah. that.
0: Well, but, but even if he got any MP, he'd be pop- popping it in like a mega room. Yeah. To, well, I you don't know, like hack the, the Omnics that are there. When you, you know, when water. you
1: have decay by your side, you can do whatever the hell you want. Well, okay. Yeah.
0: Dec- and that's the thing like decay, like you know, talking about Lee Jiang specifically, decay was trying to hard carry the justice.
1: Yeah. I think he came out on the Cree right? At the start.
0: McCree. And then we also saw him out as, as Tracer. Mm-hmm. Um, but The thing about the the defiant is defiant had a game plan and they weren't too concerned in giving up the point to the justice early. Um, they, they were.
1: Don't go go ahead. No, I'm just saying, yeah, they, they were trying their hardest to farm that. He's EMP to win the fights.
0: Exactly. And every time he's got his EMP, it seemed to be like a four or five man. alt. Um, nice was, um, contributing, some consistent pressure throughout mm-hmm. Sato Michelle slowly working and then like obviously lost her on on Jay, lots of synergy and I feel like the the Toronto defiant like okay I I will admit the justice did show I mean we saw them um especially on 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 um uh, was it garden or was it market like market where they market yeah where they they technically could have won the, the round
1: yeah but that,
0: but that's the thing is that it didn't feel to me as if the defiant were going to lose and once that Defiant took a point from the Justice or won that sort of significant team fight, it was just okay. It was, and it wasn't like they had boomed. It was just the Defiant just set up shop, and then this point's ours now. We own it.
1: Yeah, payment red and black. I mean, in the control center map, in the first map, Toronto were just running circles around Mag because he was on that Ryan He was too slow, and when they mm-hmm. switched to you know Mag on the ball, it seemed like it was a bit better, and, and there was a point there where Farah got, like, last and Anson-Jay. And at that point, I think they went all the way to 99, so it was pretty close still. And
0: Well, on control center, they only got to 22.
1: No, I mean, and then in market, when when well, they market, adapted yeah. to the ball, and they played a little bit faster. And, and at that point, I, I thought that, yeah, they're going to win this one for sure, but somehow, Isu's EMP, they were so good all the time, and then well, he, he was getting seven man. Yeah. I mean, Bob was there. Bob got got <laughs> and hacked. then like, the tanks uh got a lot of hero plays as well. Like Michelle got there a nice 2K, and then then uh Sato also played really well at the end. So they got the 1-0. I thought it could have gone one-one at this point, but it's uh one-zero two around. And then they went to Havana, and, and again, Washington had a weird sort of approach to this map. They they had weird combinations. Of they, I think, they played a Hanzo well, tracer,
0: and uh, you know, Tuba the the Start.
1: yeah, the Genji uh, known expert the
0: known tank.
1: Yeah, went on the brig as well. Oh, so weird. But the, decay like, the on the tracer uh, was looking better again. Like he looks better on the tracer than on, on the McCree for sure. And yeah. Hisu had like an EMP. Uh, this was actually a solo EMP that I liked. He got Bebe. A, well, oh,
0: yeah, up in the sort of side room, right, right, right. And then I believe he ended up taking out uh,
1: Mag shortly thereafter. Right, they just pushed him out of the way and and got into the distillery. Mm-hmm. And I think inside the distillery, Aspire who came in, like uh, him and Michelle, really, really, really played well. Um, Michelle just started eating up, you know, uh, pulse bombs one after another. I think he'd be 8-2 on the round after this. It was incredible. He just negated all of um, DK's efforts of sticking. And, like, defenders, there's something about this distillery that right before you get to the gate, somehow the defenders win a fight. I don't know what what happens there. Maybe it's the high ground. Maybe it's the relatively short spawn. But there's a tendency there to stall really, really well, even if you do have, you know, uh, momentum going into that, uh, gate so it's a really hard point but the time goes down and right before the mm-hmm. final fight <laughs> Assassin did like the most egregious EMP I've, I've ever seen outside of uh, like again outside of the distillery I think it was like 1v1 the, the tracer and I like the point where they actually showed him doing the EMP not from his perspective but from Decay's perspective and you can see his face Cam, he's like uh what <laughs> it was hilarious <laughs> yeah, I, so
0: assassin like every time assassin had to go on the sombra it felt to me as like washington was conceding mm-hmm. the map like and you know we've talked about this on 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 the show many many times i I, un- I don't understand the mirror like i understand that from a perspective of meta you need to play to a particular level Sure, but if you're no good at it why not play to your strengths, or play to a strength as a unit. Like, Hisu owned Assassin. In fact, Hisu was so superior as the Sombra that really, Hisu should have been playing blindfolded and still would have been getting two-man EMPs.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like a matter of of play styles. Maybe they believe that Assassin, despite having really bad EMPs, is actually pretty good on on doing other stuff like I don't was know, he like good sh- at doing other stuff? I don't know. I, I don't think he was, but like I can't see any other reason of why he wasn't switching up. I feel like he was much better playing other heroes when he uh played he a little the, bit of we, Hanzo and stuff like that, for sure.
0: We go back to Lu Jiang, like he didn't start on on the Sombra. He I believe he was he on the Mei.
1: Um or was he on was, Sim maybe? He, like I think even like a, there was a point where he played Soldier while DK was on, on the Tara.
0: Yeah, like I just—I mean, again, I'm not taking anything away from the Defiant because the Defiant, based on what we were seeing here, we're looking like a sure. not like gate, the gatekeeper team that we've sort of seen. Yeah, we're seeing a team pushing, to, you know, middle to sort of top tier. They want to—they want to give a run. Washington and Justice were shambles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go into Hanamura. Yeah, I mean, it, the Toronto Defiant essentially took two points. And told the Washington Justice that they had plans and they better wrap it yeah. up quick.
1: I never saw like Hanamura usually is a Farah map. We can all agree on that, but mm-hmm. I don't recall people playing Farah on defense, and that was really weird to me, like uh when they started out with a Farah on the defense. Maybe it was because of, of the somber shenanigans before that. But man, Lastro in this map, ooh, he just kept on destroying he, I think. Got Bebe, and then he got Decay, and you know, without Decay, they can't really do anything. And like you said, they just walked on. And then Assassin, we did uh, mention his uh, fumbled uh, EMPs. He fumbles a barrage. There was a point he was just shooting at this like uh, part of, of the floor of, of the you know upper upper uh, uh, choke there, and he almost killed himself. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. But Lastro actually ended up falling, and Toronto. Kept, you know, despite Lastro dying, they kept getting picks, and they got the first tick. Washington, you know, they stalled and decay went back, and he got Anson J, which was actually a really good pick. And Hisu made a little bit of a mistake. He 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 made a he made an assassin, and he threw an EMP in a lost fight. But you know, at the next fight, I think that was probably the last one. Nice, he he caught off, you know, Mags Winston the pulse bomb and assassin just fell to Anson J and there was like a desperation moment there where DK got the nano, but you know, he was taken out by Sato and, and uh, yeah, they got 0.2 and they had like a pretty good time. Three on the clock. Not, not on the same level as the legendary Titans just got the day before, of course, <laughs> but, but a pretty good time.
0: But no, a pretty good time. Yeah. Like they essentially walked in. This is ours. Hey, Washington, we've got plans.
1: And Washington, when it was their time to attack, they actually did a good idea where they brought out something, you know, out of left field, something that uh, they didn't expect, and they went for the sim teleporter strat. And Decay just melted like three Toronto players, and they had six minutes on the clock to capture point two. Um, and and Michelle and Sato they fall defending, you know, the right flank of point two. Uh, I think they teleported, uh, and when I mean when I say right flank, it's for the defenders when they come off the side where you don't expect them. Yeah. Uh, but there was a weird point there where where Michelle, despite dying, his diva bomb actually got Ma- Mags Ryan because uh, his shield got hacked. Mm-hmm. So then it seems pretty dire, but hisu goes b- back on on to the point on Doomfist to stall. Washington gets one tick, and Nice gets like you know the, the needed picks to prevent the second tick. So Hisu once like you know the point is is, is protected. He went he goes back to Sambra, um, and then DK plays well, but like the fights go back and forth, back and forth, and and then you know the second tick they get, and DK and Mag they do enough, but there was like a good stall, and and something weird happens there where Hisu. Just says, you know what? I'm just gonna go, <laughs> Widow, and he gets like a headshot off of Spawn on Assassin. Poor Assassin, he's not having a great day today. And he goes, and, and you know, this is overtime. Everybody's fighting on the point. And what uh, Widow? What Widow does? Like Hee so he goes all the way around. He goes out from the back and he shoots like the Winston that jumps to to kill him. It was pretty pretty crazy clutch shots from he's so Good 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 work there. And they weren't even able to touch the point. So it was like uh two zero. And then the Nepal, Nepal was the, the last one, I think. Oh no, that, that was
0: sorry. No, that's three zero. Yeah. I well, I'm, 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 I'm I was looking
1: it. at the next game on my notes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No Toronto. So Toronto gets their two wins over the course of the weekend. They beat the Washington justice who've been throwing the justice at uh, everyone and has not been sticking. Uh, they obviously got the win that everyone expected over uh, the London spitfire. So now the Vancouver Titans turn to take on the Washington Justice. Now going into this, we, we this is I'd say, hey, hey, Omni. This it feels like an upset here, right? Might like, be, I could, yeah. I could see the Titans beat the justice. And in fact, I must not have been the only one because so many people were like, oh my god, the justice are bad. These Titans are gonna they're gonna take this one.
1: Yeah. Um unfortunately, uh they weren't able, you know, to withstand. Decay. decay. exactly.
0: And and this is like, we, we look at the Vancouver Titans going against the Washington Justice. Arguably, it wasn't their worst loss. Yeah, they right. got swept 3-0. Right. But I mean, we talk about these hard-fought 3-0s where mm-hmm. they it felt as if they were in it. But two things sort of occurred. One, the Titans went away from the success that they had had against the uprising. And I get that. The Justice weren't playing slow. Sure. But then decay... Simply had his way with the Titans. Dalton did a hard carry, but the problem was that Decay was doing the harder carry and having more success. Um, Assassin arguably wasn't at all an impact. Right. Um, Tarou got subbed out for for Links. So we saw sort of the Vancouver Titans sort of stabilize at that point, and we get into Route 66, and then we'll talk sort of about, um, you know, uh, yeah. uh never a moment, but I kind of feel the Vancouver Titans got a win this weekend
1: and we're like, eh, that's good success. Yeah. Hmm. There was this piece like, that uh, was published as well. It was, uh, <clears throat> weird. And, and, and you're right. When I, uh, I wasn't able to catch this ma- match, uh, live. I had my mom visited, uh, visiting me. so I was, uh, away. And when I saw the result, I was kind of disappointed because I was thinking, well, maybe we can, like, at least if we lose, like, a 3 a, 2 a or 3 1. Then I saw 3 0. I'm like, okay, here we go. Back again to uh, where we were before the Boston match. And when I started, like, re watching the match and the, and the VOD, it looked better. I mean, Nepal wasn't great. Let's just get that out of the way. Oh, uh, all Titan,
0: right. Titan, okay. Titans don't look on Nepal ever.
1: Yeah. Taru, it felt like. His missiles either either didn't hit anything or were swallowed by the diva. There was nothing he was sh- doing to help Dalton.
0: On Shrine? Oh nothing. Uh, arguably Taru and Fire were out of the fight.
1: Yeah. Decay was just like, able to do whatever he wanted there.
0: Well and like yeah, I mean Fire and and uh, Taru, I mean they were up there. They were they <laughs> like they had great sustain but they sure. were doing absolutely nothing. And the justice had the point. So the justice had point control, but to avoid what, uh, Tarou's throwing at them, they went and sort of bunkered over on mm-hmm. the, the left side. Taru didn't want to go and poke out too far because obviously he gets melted and Decay's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go do the work. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know what was going on with the Titans. This is, this is, again, this is back to this sort of, Vancouver Titans that have a game plan are going to stick to it. And by golly, we're going to go and stick to it until the end of time.
1: Yeah. And then like Sanctum was not better from the Titans. It was just worse from Washington. This was probably the worst map I have seen in a while. It was like the toilet bowl, uh, Redux. Dalton was on soldier, weird adjustment and nothing was working for either team. Somehow like, Washington were playing better, but oh my God, that was like a very bad. Well,
0: I, I think at one point the Titans had a, they had a two pick advantage and lost the team fight. Yeah. I like think that was on the, on the end. Cause about no right. one had actually capped the point <laughs> early on. It was. It sounds
1: about right. Yeah.
0: It was, it was, it was, it was functionally messy and yeah, it was a hundred Oh, like the justice got got the point and they owned it.
1: But they but they weren't great. <laughs>
0: No, no. I mean, it was, it was weird. Yeah. So like, I mean, Nepal Titans didn't look good at all, but Hey, you know, they'll settle things down for route 66, right? Links going to come in and yeah. he, he comes in, flexes in for Teru. We see links are going on the Sombra again. He and Dalton had some synergy, but again, decay was like, yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, I'm good.
1: Yeah. It, I felt like even with decay on, on, sorry. And with links on the Sombra, decay was a bit too much on the second stage when the, when they got like uh they they got through the first stage really really easily and we were just getting rolled but on the second stage Vancouver like looked fine they won a couple of fights in a row
0: well but that i think was because of assassins misplay. Yeah. like i feel that assassin did more to allow the vancouver titans the opportunity <laughs> To to win fights, then really the Vancouver Titans won fights. And
1: even when that happened, like there were a couple of times when Vancouver looked really good and they got like a pick. Boom! Suddenly Decay gets like two picks out of nowhere, and and he just like was relentless.
0: Well, and and this is the, like if we think about Decay's performance, Decay's performance was almost equivalent to sort of Dalton and Lynx are on DPS, and when you have one player making up essentially the production of two on the other side. Mm. It never goes mm-hmm. well for that team. But that, again, should not take away from the fact that Dalton and Linkser were putting in a heavy lift.
1: Sure. Yeah, it like, felt like um, we didn't get enough uh, from our tanks and supports. Not like they played, you know, against Boston for sure. It was a, a yeah. bit of a, you know, a, a, a worse performance. And there were a lot of points of confusion and, or maybe miscommunications where like, there was a fight happening inside on stage three while the cart were still like rolling on stage two. Mag Mm -hmm. just went on the cart and there was like a C nine in there. And it was kind of weird.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the justice was the equivalent to a spawn camp and the Vancouver Titans were willing to entertain it.
1: And here, I think we saw the elusive, uh, fried wiener Ryan.
0: Okay. Can you explain to me why he came out on, on Ryan? Like was the expectation to brawl?
1: I don't know. Maybe it was just at the end, like a stalling some.
0: Well, no, I know it was a stall. I just, I, I'm, is it like, I'm going to throw the shield up and try to block the damage. that's coming in. Like he, it,
1: it, you know, he's an off tank player. He thought like, uh, how hard is it yeah. to play Ryan? Right? How
0: to play Ryan. Exactly. Right. No, I mean, just when you think about it, like <laughs> when it comes to stall, I don't recall Ryan being the stall hero uh, on, on that type of, like on that close of a D because yeah, I could see you're going to hit shift and try to get there quick or what have you, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Fried on Ryan. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually thought it was Chang sick at one moment until they're like fried wiener. Like, mm-hmm. but that, uh, that takes us to Anubis and uh, Titans Fared better. Yeah. They played well, kept throwing. That's true. But, but the, the thing about the Titans and again, this is just their way. They've got a game plan. <sighs> They're going to stick to it. It's like we have Plan A. Plan B does not exist.
1: Yeah. If in
0: need of Plan B, go back to Plan A.
1: It was uh, on defense. A lot of it, and we saw Truro come back in actually for like oh yeah. two. but DK again. It it felt like this time he went like one v six. He just smacked the Titans around, and they got the point one really really fast. At least the first point.
0: Well, and actually we should also point out the Vancouver Titans could have actually taken the second point themselves pretty quick. Had it not been for the Washington justice, uh, trying to Charlie Niner it.
1: Oh, you mean like, uh, wait, in Anubis were first defended.
0: No, no, no. But like on the Titans attack. Oh yeah. 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 It was pretty,
1: pretty close. Um, there was a C9 there. It was, uh, kind of weird. It felt like everybody was not playing well. Yeah, you know what? We're talking about it. We're going around and around. But if it wasn't, like, if kid didn't have such a game like he had, maybe the Titans could have won this this game. It, it yeah. was pretty close. But every time it f- felt like there was not enough peel. And this goes back to what I, I mentioned before, that I think that while Lingzer and, and uh, Dalton played well, like, we didn't see enough from Teru. We didn't see enough from, definitely from Rolf, who had, like, a, his best game of the year, uh, I think, so far in, in the last match against Boston. Uh, but the tanks as well uh, didn't really show up as they should have. Uh, I mean, when you go up against maybe Fury and Mag, it's a little bit tough. But still, you you want to see a little bit more, maybe somewhat more, uh, put some more resources or focus on on DK. Like uh, Toronto, were able to do something about it, right? So it's not impossible. Maybe the talent gap is. Uh, uh, you know, leaves too much to be desired there, but I don't know.
0: Like the, you know, is there talent on the Titans? There
1: is. Yeah.
0: Do they play like a team? Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, but it doesn't, it feels to me that there's like, there's different groups. Like the, the, like we compare to the Toronto Define, the Toronto Define are playing like a team with synergy. Yeah. They get themselves in trouble from time to time, a little miscommunication, they get unsettled, but they're able to go and sort of like, you know, get the boat back on smooth water. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they're, they're within this cadence and rhythm where they have a, a, a six man team, the Vancouver Titans, there's glimpses, but it's, it's far more yeah.
1: rare for that to occur. But and I don't think that the Washington Wizards, uh, wizards, <laughs> I don't think Washington justice, uh, placed too much with a lot of synergy either no but the, but, they, but then that doesn't they have more they talent. don't need it because exactly. they
0: have yeah it's the talent gap then right like the titans you know you think about like underdog teams a lot of teams when they're sort of that underdog team what is it that they go and focus on they focus on the simple things Focus is let's play together let's let's focus on a game plan and okay we're going to commit to one one game plan but we're so good at it that you know we're going to make you work for everything the titans just ain't they don't have that and then once talent gets, you know, put into the equation, uh, just, it's it's lacking. So as it is, the Vancouver Titans got 3-0 by the Washington Justice. Shocking people all over the place. Like no one had expected the Justice to sweep the Titans, especially considering how the Titans performed against the <laughs> uprising and the fact that the Justice just weren't looking that good. Yeah. That was the only map win for the, or only sort of match win for yeah, the Justice I, I, this I
1: week. think that kind of uh, there was a funny comment on, on Reddit, I think, that like someone says, Again, the Washington justice came out of nowhere to beat the dominant Titans, like, like in season which, two. Well,
0: yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Just, they didn't have Corey this time, but yeah. it didn't matter. Um, looking ahead to the weekend though. The Toronto defiant have a two and O record. They need to get themselves at least one win to lock in the possibility of Hawaii, which may or may not happen, but I would love to see Toronto make that problem exist. i um, being that it's a Canadian team having to go to the. Aloha hmm they kick things off on Thursday. That's right. Thursday. Cause it, again, it's a funnel weekend of the stage by taking on the Paris eternal 12 noon Pacific 3 PM. Eastern. I would under normal circumstances suggest that the defiant win this match, but the Paris eternal. The, okay. You know, we just talked about how the Vancouver Titans just don't have that sort of team synergy. Yeah. The Paris eternal do like, if there is a team out there that plays as a team, the Paris eternal are one of them. Sure. Like, and I kind of feel if the Toronto defiant show like they did against the London spitfire, the Paris eternal are well-equipped to take advantage of that.
1: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They need to play better, even play better than what we, sh- we saw against Washington. Yeah. The
0: defiant though, I feel win this three, one, I mean, I'm high on the defiant, I'm just. It is. I have doubts because it's the eternal and how the eternal been performing. They're not. They're not as bad as we thought they were. <laughs> um, and they,
1: yeah, they're showing that they want to go into the playoffs. I certainly think that they're better than Washington or the Spitfire, so it's going to be a harder yeah. match. Yeah.
0: But what do you have it as?
1: Three two. For Toronto.
0: Okay. For Toronto. Okay. So we both have Toronto winning. Uh, you have it a little bit tougher than me, but I I, 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 I could say 3-2 uh,
1: just as easy. Yeah. Which, but I'm going with 3-1. Sometimes one. the score doesn't really mean much. No.
0: Uh, San Francisco is taking on Vancouver, uh, the match following, um, but on the following day, Friday, sorry, 1.30 uh, p.m. Pacific, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. I know it's not the San Francisco shock of old, but the Vancouver Titans are going to lose this 3-0,
1: right? I want a close 3-1. Oh, you're
0: giving the Titans that much credit <laughs> yeah, the shock? Yeah,
1: I do. I, I feel like they somehow play better against the Shock.
0: Mm. Okay. I, I just, I know the Shock. I just, uh, no.
1: <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I know I I'm delusional. I can't, I can't even get behind that Have you that seen idea? my Pickems this stage? Come on. Oh,
0: uh, the Vancouver Titans then take on London on, uh, on Saturday at 12 noon Pacific. This is going to be their watch party, their fan TD fan fest watch party event oh, yeah. uh, that you'll be at. Yep. Um, this is the, was supposed to be the bread bowl. Uh, the London Spitfire, however, would need to get themselves a win to make that the case. Otherwise the Vancouver Titans just need to not lose to finish higher. I mean, what wouldn't that be? Wouldn't if London beats Vancouver, but Vancouver beat Boston, does London does that like how does that work? What's
1: the what's the circle of Love suck? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty weird. What what are the standings right now?
0: Vancouver's got one win over the like essentially it's a one win difference. That win over the uprising. That's true. And uh London. I don't actually don't know who London's playing off the top of my head.
1: Doesn't matter. There are the underdogs still.
0: Uh, are they against Titans?
1: No, I uh, the other matches that you're going to have.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, the L- London Spitfire, um, they play the Paris eternal. Oh yeah. They're not going to beat the eternal. No. no. So the London Spitfire going in against the Titans winless. So yeah, uh, it'll be also another ping match where the Titans play a team on ping and Changsik gets to play a team on ping from ping. So it's a lot of now that kings. all plans out. And then uh, wrapping things up on Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, the Toronto Defiant get their turn to take on the San Francisco Shock. Hmm. I'm saying 3-2 Toronto. And that's because it's not the, the Shock of old.
1: Yeah. Toronto, they're like Mr. Jekyll, uh, like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in a lot of these matches. If, if the good Toronto shows up, they should win against hmm. the Shock. The Shock are oh. not as menacing as they were before, clearly.
0: Yeah. Do we have the Titans beating the Spitfire, by the way? I'm going to say 3-2 Vancouver. Sure,
1: let's go. Yeah. <laughs> that could be... You know what? It could go either uh, way. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, this is a, I'm going to say 3-1 three, uh, three, Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, uh, but yeah, 3-2 Toronto over San Francisco.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. As
0: we sort of wrap up the payload here, a long payload, uh, defiant fan appreciation weekend has kicked off. Lots of prizing, lots of, uh, activities, community events, uh, the Toronto defiant do it up. Right. So obviously I can't go through everything they're doing cause they're doing so much. they have been <laughs> just giving away like tokens, just dropping codes on Twitter all, all day long. Uh, the Vancouver Titans have their fan fest watch party. Uh, I know Omni's going tickets. I think might stop. I, I mean, they were still available today. Um, as to whether or not they'll be available when you listen to this episode, I don't know, cause I want to say, I saw something on Twitter that the sales close soon. Mm-hmm. Um, did you buy the, uh, ones with the personal pan pizza?
1: Yeah, of course. You know it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure you're going to get fed. Uh, but yeah, like people who bought, uh, the, the pizza tickets get to get a personal pan pizza hut pizza. Oh yeah. Um, who knows if there's going to be breadsticks there, but there are going to be breadstick thunder mm-hmm. I mean, Hey, why not? Um, it sounds like it'll be a good, a good time. Uh, if you want to meet Omni, uh, just make sure you socially distance, give him a wave. He will be there representing RSP. I will not be there, unfortunately. Uh, a couple of reasons. One, it's the event and the fact that I'm still not comfortable within sort of the, the indoor social space. And two, my daughter has soccer practice. And as much as I love the podcast, my daughter comes first. Baby force. Number one. Makes sense. But yeah, we're going to take ourselves a quick break here and uh, then dive into the fray. in a handbasket. It's been a long episode. And we still got more to go! Let's talk a little bit about the week <laughs> that was of Overwatch League action. So, as we had already knew, the London Spitfire lost to the Toronto Defiant 3-1. The Vancouver Titans beat the Boston Uprising 3-0. As we Canada all was expected. Excited. Yeah, totally. Uh, Philadelphia Fusion beat the New York Excelsior 3-1. The Shanghai Dragons decided sandbagging wasn't for them and beat the Seoul Dynasty 3-2. Chengdu Hunters beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-1. And the Dallas Fuel then beat the London Spitfire 3-1. The Atlanta Rain beat the Florida Mayhem 3-2. And as we already know, the Toronto Defiant beat the Washington Justice 3-0. Seoul went and settled the Fusion down, beating them 3-2. The Chengdu Hunters beat the New York Excelsior 3-1 because they obviously want to play uh, against a team in Hawaii again. Uh, Chang'e decided sandbagging again wasn't for them, beat the Guangzhou Charge 3-1. The Florida Mayhem beat the Boston Uprising 3-1. Oh my God, the Uprising... They just like, they fell apart. Like Bad Florida's week. playing for that, the uprising spot. So yeah. the uprising are done. They got, they got to watch what's going on. Yeah. Atlanta beat Dallas three one. I would never have told you that that was even possible. Atlanta's looking good. Dallas, not so much. Dallas are sandbagging now. And, uh, the justice law, uh, beat, sorry, beat the Titans three. <laughs> Decay DK beat Titans. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, you know, he's got a contract with the Washington Wizards now too. (laughs) Uh, Kicking things off, as we already know, on Thursday at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, Toronto Defiant, Paris Eternal, followed by the Florida Mayhem, the Houston Outlaws, which should be a good match. The Houston Outlaws are obviously playing for position and Florida are playing for the playoff lives. Kicking things off in the APAC region, the Hangzhou Spark take on the Chengdu Hunters. The Los Angeles Valiant will probably lose to the Guangzhou Charge. And if you're a fan of the Los Angeles Valiant- Yes, we get
1: an encore. Encore.
0: Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, London Spitfire take on the Paris Eternal at uh, 12 noon Pacific on Friday. Titans will lose to the Shock. I mean, I, I would like to say that the Titans will win, but they won't. Uh, the Florida Mayhem take on the Los Angeles Gladiators. This, gosh, man, uh, what? I gotta say the Glads are gonna win this one. I don't, I don't see the Man beating the Glads. Yeah, I can see the win. Man maybe beating the Outlaws, but
1: ah, uh, they're gonna lose both.
0: You think, okay, so they lose both in Boston. Like, Boston's into the playoff play-ins
1: if Florida loses both. I think they're going to lose both.
0: Okay. Uh, Chengdu is going to beat the LA Valiant uh, on Saturday to kick things off. Guangzhou charge, take on the Hangzhou Spark. And in case you didn't watch Chengdu beating the crap out of the Valiant, you can watch them again because they're the encore.
1: We should have, like, incorporated the Valiant into, as a third team, into our podcast. Red Bull? No, as a third team.
0: Oh, okay. Titans Spitfire or Titans Defiant Valiant.
1: Yeah, I'd definitely wake up in the middle of the night to watch these games. Uh, well, and then again, still in the, miss the match because it would start early. Yeah. That's
0: true. Um, the bread bowl kicks things off on Saturday, followed by the glads outlaws. And then the wrap, uh, essentially the regular season up by the San Francisco shock and the Toronto Defiant. And depending on how the standings are for the countdown cup, um, a bunch of teams will be playing on Sunday. Now, uh, let's sort of talk a little bit about the countdown cup standings right now. The Vancouver Titans theoretically still have a chance uh, to play in the the countdown cup. Um, So you're saying
1: it's still possible.
0: I'm totally saying it is, it is still possible. Uh, So teams with three wins generally play like they'll play in sort of the, the, the the cup playoffs, stage playoffs or what have you, the Vancouver Titans could, conceivably get those two additional wins over the course of the weekend. They won't, but they could. It is possible based on performance that a team with a two and two record, which is more likely a possibility for the Titans could find themselves in. And this is the thing for the Vancouver Titans. If they don't get into the countdown cup playoffs, their season is done. There are no more matches. If you as a Titans fan, I mean, want to see more of them? you need to will them to win i believe now the toronto defiant are in a much better position they're currently uh, <laughs> sitting in the second spot with two wins uh, if they get themselves one out of two they're going to obviously lock in they're in the same boat as the titans but i'm much more confident the defiant get a win out of two than i do of the the titans getting two out of two um obviously the weekend needs to play in, but who's out right now spitfire they're they're likely out mathematically they might be able to get in, but they won't. Uh, Justice are out. The uprising are out. Um, the Eternal Titans Outlaws are fighting against the Mayhem Shock Lads, essentially, um, for the the four, five, six spot. But yeah, there we have uh, everything ready. Obviously, we'll be back next week to talk about the Toronto Defiance performance going into the uh, the playoff play-ins. Now, it should be noted that uh, the Toronto Defiant, uh, while they have themselves you know, secure or having secured a spot. Like they have eight points. Yes. It's possible that the mayhem get up to eight points. But the thing about that is the uprising can't. So the Toronto defiant are, are confirmed to be in the plans where they get placed. However, can vary because they could get as many as 10 points or more, presuming they perform well, like the tight the get this, the Toronto defiant currently have the possibility of getting five more points. Hmm. If the Defiant were to get five points, they're not in the play ins. They're potentially in the playoffs. Like if the Toronto Defiant win those two matches they have this weekend and win in Hawaii, that's that's how many points they can drastically shift themselves.
1: Well, it's crazy. That's a stretch, but like winning it all in Hawaii. But hey, hey, if there's a team that we want to do it, I think the Toronto Defiant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not the Titans who still have a chance. Well, the, titan, the Titans <laughs> could go to Hawaii, but they might as well stay there. Is there uh, uh are there uh, in. breadsticks in Hawaii?
0: Oh, uh, there probably is. There's a Krispy Kreme donuts uh, in Maui. So, I mean, Krispy Kreme's made it over. Breadsticks mm-hmm. had to have. Um, what else is going on? Obviously the Overwatch League pick'ems are still a thing. Uh, you and I, um. Yeah, we're doing okay this stage um for the countdown cup. Um but see uh I'm in the second spot right now and you're in a third. Yeah. KJ, uh coach, sixty one points, he's got the, the he's like in stage.
1: top twelve uh global right now or something like that. Oh really? Yeah,
0: I mean he's it's been wacky though. I mean I'm not trying to take it any away, it's just been wacky. Like, was it 07 percent of people picked the Vancouver Titans to win three. 3-0. Like <laughs> Was that a mistake? A
1: misclick for sure.
0: (laughs) He's oh no, I locked it in. Yeah. But, uh, still not too late. I don't entirely know if you'll be able to go and get as many points to compete in the countdown cup at this stage, but Hey, um, obviously it's still for all the marbles. Just remember you have to lock in by Thursday. Yep. What else is going on in the league? Um, well the San Francisco shock have added an assistant coach, which I mean, I don't really quite get it. So late in the season, but by Zenith is back with a shock.
1: It's for season five. Maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the Florida mayhem. I don't know. Have they shared what they're teasing? Apparently people think of us coming back to overwatch league. Mm. As far as a player, like Florida is teasing something. Yeah. I mean they're not teasing a player. If he comes in, it's like as a content Probably. creator or a host of an event or something. It's not. It's strange. It's not to play. I wonder who's hosting the Titans event because the Titans are having an actual watch party. Um, I'm actually surprised the Defiant Art, although again, it's probably a little bit different uh, in Ontario. No, we'll see. And they're having their big online virtual experience. But yeah, um, that's it in a nutshell. Game's still going. Overwatch League is winding down. This could be it. I mean, it's going to be it if you're a Vancouver Titans fan. But this could be it if you're. Uh, a fan of the league. It could be the, all we get to see moving forward. Obviously we want the Defiant to win. I would love for the Defiant to lock in a playoff position, like not play in, like get playoffs. I want them in Hawaii, make that difficult problem of how you get to Hawaii from Canada with all the, you know, intricate rules as to uh, getting there without uh, quarantining and, and what have you.
1: Yeah. Do it. It's not whenever. Yeah. But uh Yeah.
0: It's been a long episode.
1: What final words of wisdom do you have for everyone there, honey? Well, 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 if it isn't the consequences of your actions. Hmm.
0: Is that like, is that predicated on there actually being actions as to which their consequences for?
1: Exactly. It was directed towards Activision Blizzard. Uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, I I I hoped I didn't had not to and didn't have to like spell it out and explain, but maybe there's just too much wisdom there. Um well uh I got a joke for you there, Oni.
0: I'm ready. Why are elevator jokes so classic and good? Why? They work on many levels. Nice.
1: <laughs> That's a good one.
0: Um and, you know, I, I know you, you probably like this. Uh, I, I've been starting to sort of do a little, you know, karaoke here at home. Uh, I sing sw- singing one day and, and my wife, she actually asked me to stop singing Wonderwall to her. Really? And so I, I responded, I said, maybe. <laughs> it's a good one. I'm a dad. I need the
1: dad jokes. Yeah. You, really you should get uh, advice, um, a Google Nest or something like that. You can ask her for jokes. She always tells dad jokes. Yeah. Pretty good.
0: Oh, but if you want more of those dad jokes, make sure you hit subscribe <laughs> or better yet, leave a review to tell us how bad or good those jokes were. They may or may not continue as a result. Uh, the RSP discord community is obviously alive and well, lots of good conversation taking place. Uh, if you haven't joined already, discordio slash ready, set find us online, ready, set And obviously on all the social media platforms, except for TikTok, we're at ready, set home. Uh, we've got, uh, some solid episodes lined up. I am going to be away, uh, for one, uh, near the end of the month, but we've got a phenomenal guest host to slide into my seat. It's not Sam. Omni will obviously be here driving the bus, but I made sure to get him a navigator that is well-equipped to answer everything that I cannot. Uh, and we'll talk more about who that'll be next episode. I don't want to let the cat out of bag prematurely. We didn't get Ch- Chang sick. We did not get Changsik. sick. Mm, okay. I asked, I asked, okay. but I got no response. So gotcha. eh, is what it is. Um, and then obviously we'll be here, uh, for those worried that the Overwatch league is going to go away. And there actually has been some questions. Is RSP going to disappear? I actually have a plan B. If the Overwatch league were to shut down, what happens to RSP? RSP will stick around. It's not going to be all basketball, despite Sam's best efforts. We still have to have
1: that one episode, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: I like talking to Omni. I think Omni likes talking
1: to me. Uh, when I'm paid to do so, for sure. That's a good
0: thing I pay you the big bucks. Yeah,
1: the big ones, the biggest yeah. bucks. The biggest,
0: the, hey, you know what? I've arranged for you to get a pizza next weekend. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That was all me. You pay to get in, I get you the pizza. Uh, but on behalf of Oni at Oni Strike, myself, Chris, at Lightforce, signing off this episode with those magical words, Cat phrase.